0: like twin sons on a womp rat's tail. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And this week, joining us, you know him, you love him. He's our good friend. He's been with the group for a long time. Rick Villanueva. How you doing, buddy?
1: Well, right. nanu nanu, my friends. How is nanu. everybody? My uh, my neighbors to the north. It's kind of weird being like Mexican and saying that like, I'm coming soon across <laughs> that other border.
2: <laughs> it's funny you guys say that. I, I think, Rick, I think you're actually a bit older than, than myself, but my mom to this day, she'll tell anybody that she can about Kyle as a child. You know, he was maybe a wee toddler at the age of two years old, maybe even the, son, the age of my son at this point, my youngest, and just sit at the TV and crack up at Robin Williams saying, nanu, nanu.
1: Yeah, nanu, nanu born of an egg
2: <laughs> yeah that was Kyle's bag I was more of a Gilligan's Island guy
1: well I, I was
0: I, that was I mean it was me kind of just putting up a smoke screen because I was really just having a crush on Pam dauber
1: I was just gonna say it's a toss between Pam dauber and uh ginger and Marianne and I I'm on your side Corey I'm sorry
0: yeah to
2: be honest I think to be honest so, wow you guys wow you guys really just hit me like hard there was some psychological stuff there maybe maybe that was like part of the reason as a
0: kid what like damn this this island is hot <laughs> Corey did did visit the dispensary before uh this week's recording everybody so if Cory seems a little bit uh extra Corey this week you know the reason hey yeah. come on there's
2: there's no here, difference than any other week
0: so
1: here we go on our 3-hour tour <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Round one. The SS Minnow. <laughs> Let's get it on. on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. And Carlos this week isn't joining us. He is. Uh, he's making music. He's doing the Carlos thing. And, you know, we're looking forward to Carlos's new album later. I don't know if it's this year. Or I think 2022 is is the drop date for that. But these things take a long time to come together. So uh, we hope he's Carlos is doing, doing his his soul thing. into this thing. And his blood.
2: Yeah, it's true. He was bleeding from the fingertips the other day playing so hard
0: all right uh so this week um it's gonna be a bit of a lighter show i think we'll see i mean take a look down at the uh, the the, the, t- the time counter there on your podcast and see what we've managed to ring out of this but we've got some collecting news and a bad batch episode to go over and um the favorite segment of this podcast is idle thoughts while mowing the lawn That's back Ah. for that's (laughs) back for a turn this week, Uh, but uh, before we get to that, we're gonna catch up, Rick. It's been a while, man. Bring everybody up to speed. What is going on in the great state of of Illinois?
1: Um, nothing. Corey, catch everybody (laughs) up, man. What's (laughs) been there? Listen, all all right, all right. So, so bear with me. So, you guys, you know, if you don't know me, you know, I was on. I was, had been doing jam transmissions for a long time with my good buddy, Pete, uh, the show decided to take a hiatus for the summer. Um, there are some things moving and shaking with the show that I cannot go into as of yet, but, um, anybody who had been listening to the show, um, it's, it's not over. Um, we will be back, uh, in some capacity soon. Um, just kind of stay tuned to the Twitters, um, and, uh, and you'll see some news there, but otherwise I've been good. It's just been like, it's hotter than hell. You know, like Earth is, it's turning into Mustafar slowly. And um, yeah, it's just been a lot of work and, you know, digging whatever Star Wars they decide to throw at us. So
0: do you think we go through the Tatooine Jakku stage before we get to Mustafar?
1: No, I, we're, we're like, you know, the stage between Anakin's ankles and his knees right now in terms of like scorched earth. <laughs> well, t- you know, today
0: That's was supposed to be like a bit of a the north too. It was supposed to be like a, a a cooler day today, a lot of rain, and instead it was no rain and really, really hot. <laughs> so I feel like I kind of yeah, got like, uh, rickrolled by Mother Nature.
1: It, it's not even so much that it's hot, especially in the Midwest. It's so humid. There's just this bubble of humidity, and I don't know how much that carries up to you guys, but like, it's oh, like...
2: Trust me, we, in, up here <clears throat> in Quebec, we know comidi- uh, humidity compared yeah, yeah, to it, like, it, it, Western it was, Canada.
0: It was stinking humid today.
1: Yeah, we the other day was like eighty. We had a rainstorm, it and the temperature went from like ninety six to eighty six. Like a, a, you know, a much cooler, comfortable eighty six, but the humidity was like eighty two percent, and it was like ugh, you just wring the air out, you know, with this like just with your bare hands. You could just you wring
0: a moisture water out evaporator. You.
1: Yeah, it was it was ugh. It's yeah, you, just like heavy you, and you gross. You
0: swim down the hallway. It's
1: gross. Yeah, it's gross. Was that an innuendo?
0: <laughs> I just assume everything's innuendo. I don't get what, it, man,
1: I, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos isn't here, so I got to fill the void.
0: <laughs> uh, Corey, what is uh, going on with you? Hey, you know what? Like you said, Kyle, I was
2: you know expecting rain today. It was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day, beautiful weekend. The summer is, you know, uh, we're right in the swing of things, man. We got to take advantage of it while we can. And uh, I don't know, yeah, just taking it easy. Well, not so much easy. There's always work to be done, and again, just. Yeah, enjoying summer, like taking care of my garden, taking care of my family. I took my son golfing last night at like uh, was a little after 8 p.m. I had asked you to come, Kyle, and man, was it gorgeous, man. It was just so gorgeous. Like the lighting, the setting of the sun and all that, it was a perfect time. Not golfing, but we just went to the driving range. I don't golf or anything, but I love to, to whack a ball. <laughs> love good whack-a-ball, but he, he he's taking lessons right now. So anyhow, that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, the garden again. The garden's just going crazy this summer. It's an a- absolute jungle. It was a pickling weekend. I was actually calling it because we're, we're trying to hone in on a recipe, right? So we're calling it the Quickle. <laughs> so we're not really preserving them yet, right? We're just <laughs> playing around with the recipes. And let me tell you, man, it was fun. It was good, good times, man. Getting the kids involved and stuff like that. Like yeah, that's uh, good family times, man. And uh, it was also a decent week in the on the collecting front. I hooked up I sent you a picture earlier Kyle of it and I sent I sent one to Tim in the nerd room too if anyone could appreciate it you know me wasting I think it was like 17 bucks on something like this but uh it was 1950 to 2000 Grays Sports Almanac.
1: Oh man, you're about 40 years too late.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's a reason. it's basically, you know, I want to I want to get in on I want to get a little station at one point. Like a little Something for Back to the Future. So that's the book that the, the Biff takes back and yada, yada, yada. Exact same cover and whatnot. So I thought that was really cool. Hooked up to Sweet Goonies t-shirt too on Amazon. It was like 17 bucks. It's like, dude, this is so sweet. It's like navy blue with like a orange ring collar. So that, that was pretty sweet. And uh, what else did I get here? CGC, X-Men. I think it's what? Is it a 9.4 or a 9.6, Kyle? You saw it i don't know x-men 2 2- 211 it's a sweet oh yeah it's, not, it's 96 96 no no not bad so like anyway it's iconic cover of all it's like an old comic from like the early 80s maybe like 83 84 86 86 sorry anyway. wolverine bust are,
1: are you buying these books graded or are you sending them in to get graded
2: no i'm buying them graded like our, our local comic book guy like he just went bonkers on like yeah, he just bought all kinds, man. Like, and I mean, again, none of them are like super, like, oh my god, like crazy comics, but a lot of them are so cool, like, a lot of iconic covers and stuff. And you, you can't go wrong with the CGC, like, the way I look at it, like, they're gonna retain their value for the most part, you know. So, eventually, I'm just like, gonna, yeah, I'm just go, gonna
1: go ahead and put this out right in the beginning. Um, real fans, um, get the books graded on their own. Um, hashtag fake fan, Corey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyhow. Whatever. Ding, (laughs) we got one. I've always, always loved that cover since I was a kid, man. It's the one it's a Wolverine bust with his claws are busted out. And like it's got that border trim of like what was it, the 75th anniversary, Kyle? No, it's the Marvel 25th anniversary. 25th, holy
1: shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, that, that, that like border trim, right? Of like all the characters. It was so iconic. I remember seeing it back in the day as a kid. And the price was right. Like, I talked to Kyle about it. I'm like, oh, if it's under like, you know, like 80 bucks, I think it was. I was like, get it. And I think it was like 70 or 80 bucks right on the dot. So I was like, yeah, tell him uh, to put it aside for me. And he did. And then I also got Punisher issue one, that mini series. Now, this is funny, Kyle. I don't know if you remember this. Our grandmother, she used to send this to the store down the street. And she lived in this town called Point St. Charles, which was like, uh, on the east end of town, we'll
0: say it like that. No, no it's, it, uh, it's 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 southwest. <laughs> really? Wow, well, it's the east end. What's <laughs> not? It's not even close to east end. It's east why, of. Summer. Why would you have
2: West Mountain? You know what I mean? I mean, it, comparatively, like there's two ends of the pass city. Past this part. Anyhow, it is the east end. Everybody calls Point uh, points at Charles the east end. Nobody does. But keep going. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna Google this after. <laughs> Either way, it was like a, an Irish settlement kind of deal. You know, you, you, get, the, you get the gist. And uh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, we, we buy comics. My grandma would be like, go buy me like some bingo cards or whatever at the store. And I bought this exact comic. It's like, this is an old comic, man. It's like Punisher like blaring through a window like on a rope with a bazooka in his arm, right? It's a classic iconic cover. I bought this comic and then I brought it home. And like, I guess back in the day, I was like, I was too young for it, you know, and I was like, oh, this doesn't make me feel good. And I brought it back to the store. Do you remember? Like, it was this French owner, man, super hardcore. I brought it back to him because my grandmother was like, yeah, just go bring it back. I was like, okay. And then he was like, don't come in here ever again, you little shit. Like, I was like, ah, (laughs) that was pretty brutal. He traumatized me. (laughs) And uh, yeah, other than that, I got uh, Marvel Legends Compound Hulk. It's like the 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 split, like Gamma Green Hulk and the Red Hulk mixed together in one. Super cool toy, yeah. And uh, that's
0: about it for the collecting. Cool man. Well, uh, on the collecting front, actually, on the Back to the Future front, it was funny because I uh, I got a message from Matt Keegan on Friday, uh, early Friday, and he goes, "Hey man, uh, movies that made us season two is up on Netflix." I'm like, "Sweet, I gotta go check that 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 out." And in that instant, I got an email from Netflix. It was a very matrixy kind of moment where I felt like I was like in the machine as you know, it's it's Big Brother's listening kind of thing. And Back to the Future is sort of the headliner, so uh, my wife and I dove right into that on Friday night and it it was it was so good. Of course, I mean I, I will always I will always go to bat for that movie. I think it's I think it's a perfect movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so that that's one thing I watched. Then we jumped into Kevin Smith's He-Man, which was fun. Um Was it good? We didn't get through it all, but yeah. No, it's 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 good. It's if you enjoyed He-Man the first time around, you will enjoy this uh second spin with a little, you know, obviously a little more uh adult oriented. But yeah, it's cool. Uh, it looks well, good. I definitely haven't seen it since like 87, 88 maybe. And you know, anything anytime you put Kevin uh not uh, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill Jesus. Anytime you yeah. put Mark Hamill in something, it makes it instantly better for, for this Star Wars fan anyway. So, uh, yeah, we, we enjoyed that f- so far. And, uh, yeah, man, no, nothing for me to p- report on the collecting end. It's been pretty dry on the Star Wars side for sure. Rick, are you still collecting anything Star Wars-wise, or has it slowed down for you so far this year?
1: Um, Toy collecting has definitely slowed down, and you made fun of me for this, Kyle, so screw you but the (laughs) black black series prices have like steadily gone up and you know in the us right now a standard black series figure is 27 dollars, and i'm kind of like i don't know if i want to pay that and the first time i noticed it was when they had the the power of the force uh, black series figures and i was like super stoked to get them i was like hell yeah i'm gonna get these things and then i was right about to put them in the cart and i was like whoa I'm not paying $27 for a carded figure that just has the figure in a blaster. You know, it just I, I don't know what Hasbro's doing. It's to me, it's not worth it when comparatively you look at some of the stuff that Marvel Legends is doing for cheaper, uh, in a lot of instances. And I'm like, I don't know, I might be out of this game. And if I'm not, you know, I'm gonna be buying things very, very sparingly. Like I have to really, really want it. Or you know, have the- it be something that's really unique that you for me to grab it.
2: The McFarlane line is making me rethink even like Marvel Legends, man. Like to me, like the uh, the quality is really there, and the price points like a good six points, six bucks cheaper.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're getting more for less money. And you know, if uh, you know, I'm not saying that I want like deluxe figure packaging at you know regular Black Series pricing, but I mean, there's got to be something else there than just here's the figure and their weapon um you know i think the first black series figure i ever bought was i think 1799 or 1999 maybe yeah it's gone He's, up it's uh, gone
0: up so much i think they're originally well, who was it's your th- first figure rick
1: well the, the very first one i bought was a uh, was the resistance trooper and i found it it was clearance at target it was only five dollars and it was stuffed between the like a couple of bags of Doritos at the checkout. I just happened to see like Star Wars peeking out from these Dorito bags. And I was <laughs> like, what is this? And I was like, oh, cool. It's like five bucks. That's just great. The box was a little damaged and dinged up so I grabbed that. And then after that, one of the guys that I work with had um I think it was there was that two-pack. Well, not a two-pack, but it was like there were there was a Ray and a Kylo from um what is it? Uh, Star Killer Base that can join together. Um, it was a bigger box. So I, he gave he gave me the Ray. Um, I never bought the Kylo because Kylo's a chump ass Um, but um,
2: <laughs> was it one of those like centerpiece ones there or whatever?
1: I think it was one of the ones that maybe lights up. Um, but it was a black series. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it, it was. In, it's in a black series box. Um, <clears throat> but those are the first two that I got, and after that, I was like, well, if I see them, I'll get them because I remember seeing them on the pegs you know, previous, I remember seeing, like, Hutt Slayer, Leia, and Greedo all over the place and just not buying them. And then, you know, they were gone, and I was like, well, maybe I'll start buying. Um, But recently, the last figures I bought, um, I managed to snag the Black Series Hondo uh, maybe two weeks ago. Nice. And that was, when that was, you know, when, when those Galaxy's Edge ones came out initially for Target, like, it was impossible to get. You know, yeah. the only ones I ever saw in the store were, like, Rex, uh, DJ Rex, and I think I saw um, Captain Cardinal once, and I was like, Oh, Cardinal's cool, but not cool enough for me to, you know, buy him. Yeah, me neither. And that's so why I just, I, so I let it go. And I was like, Well, I'm never going to see Hondo, and just ended up getting the, uh, the Vintage collection. I was like, Well, this is good enough, the three and three quarter. And then the orders went back up a few weeks ago, and I was like, right, I grabbed that. Outside of that, <clears throat> I mean, there's other Black Series figures that I bought that retro looking Greedo. Um, I'm trying oh, to remember, nice.
2: right? Yeah, yeah it,
1: it's been, been a, a, I didn't get that one. Yeah, I'm 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 a little disappointed I didn't get the Obi-Wan cuz I like that vinyl cape. Um but whatever, I'm, you know, I didn't get it, I didn't get it. Um and then outside of that, it's just been book buying, you know, whenever books come out, just, you know, that that hashtag #hardcover army is growing. And Dude,
2: you you scored hard on that uh Star Wars 42, man.
1: Oh yeah, that you know, well that was last year. It was like somebody at my oh, yeah, at right a right
2: on the right on the precipice, man.
1: Yeah, somebody dropped off their entire Marvel Star Wars run last summer at my comic book shop, and you know I've been going there every week for six, seven years. And so when they came in, you know they dropped me a line. They were like, "Hey, we got all this stuff you want. You want to take a look?" And I was like, "No, it's cool. Just you know, when, whenever I come in, I come in." And it was Star Wars forty-two, and oh, what's the other one? I think eight, like eighty-six. I think that 68. has it's like Boba Fett's backstory. 68 yeah and it was it was a toss-up between the two and the guy behind the counter was like whichever one you don't buy i'm gonna get and get it graded and i was like damn it because i wanted to buy both of them but together it would have been you know pretty expensive so i was like well whatever i've already got a few of the og like uh empire strikes back marvel comics what's like issues 42 to 50 or something like that i forget what what those issue numbers are yeah it's in that but um and uh, I was like, well, I might as well, you know, not only is it first appearance of Boba Fett, but it's first appearance of Lando, I think, in that comic also. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'll just grab this one. And I think it was like he had it listed for 80 bucks and I talked him down a little bit. And then I had it like my shop discount on top of it because I'm a subscriber. Um, so I got it for uh, a very good amount of money and then brought it home, opened it up, you know, because it was in, it was bagged and board and stuff. And I was like, the book's pristine. It's got, you know, it's a little I don't want to say faded but it's not as bright as it you know and the book's 40 years old but um if I got it graded I'm sure it would be something above an 8.5 um you but I, you know I don't I, I don't know the grading system all that well but and anything over an 8 on a book like that would be would be um would be good for me but I mean I I have I have a friend of mine that does um like restoration on books he was like I can get this thing cleaned up for you and I can get it over 9 guaranteed sweet so, I don't, I haven't gone that route yet. It's this. It's sitting in a box right now. So, but it's there. Eventually,
2: uh, there you go. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I mean, you know, it's been like book collecting, and you know, all the high republic. All of my hard, my high republic books right now are signed, and I'm like, do I keep going down that route and trying to get autographed books? Like you have this to week, now. out of uh, yeah, out out of the shadows yeah. comes out this week, and I haven't even put in a pre order yet as of right now, um, because there's the exclusive versions that are coming out from Target and Walmart. Um, which I'm kind of like, hey, that's cool choice, but then like the collector side of me is like, God damn you, Del Rey, because I'm not buying this book three three times just because there's a different cover. Um, you know, but I have a few books that I have multiple covers up because they were, you know, celebration exclusive or SDCC exclusive or something like that that I had like the regular version first and I got the other ones later. Um, but I mean, there's three covers for Out of the Shadows. There's three different covers for. Uh, the Rising Storm, you know, a couple of different signed versions of The Rising Storm through different outlets that you can get. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm all about supporting the authors and, you know, buying these books. Cause, I mean, I genuinely enjoy the books, <clears throat> but I'm not buying the same book, you know, three or four times just because <laughs> yeah. there's a very... I mean, I do that with comic books. You know, I buy variants on every whenever I can get, um, but I'm not doing that with novels. I'm not, you know, spending 20 bucks three times over for... A, a novel. I you know I mean yeah beyond and, the dust
0: cover it's the same book.
1: Well, sometimes the yeah. you know
0: the borders of the pages are different or there's some different notes inside, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Like to spend 20, 25, 30 bucks on the same thing.
1: Yeah, there there might be something in there that says like um like the auto print um dot com editions of the books. It'll say like out of print limited edition or something like that. Or like the Barnes and Noble editions will say Barnes and Noble edition. Um, but I mean that's a single line added to <clears throat> the number page in the novel and it's just like it's uh, no I'm, I'm not doing it so that is now that said I do have the out print edition of Rising Storm and I'm getting uh, the the Goldsboro version <laughs> with the green pages and the black the regular black cover should be coming in in a few weeks so but the thing with like toy collecting and book collecting is like I know with the books there's something kind of like uh uh, like you can, I can pick up the book and read it whenever I want. You know, I can go back and use it for research from doing something with the show and the toys, they're show pieces. You know what I mean? Like if I like, I'm an inbox collector. So like, I'm not taking them out and posing them and, you know, creating scenes and doing photography or anything like that. So for me, like book collecting is more of, um, it's more of a tactile thing because I can pick the book up off the shelf and read my favorite parts again, if I really wanted to. And I think that's the difference for me and toy collecting. So it's easier for me to step away from, black series buying because i know like i said i just enjoy books i maybe that much more than just you know having toys well i mean the the,
0: the book i mean it's it is the story there's so much more to a book than a figure i mean i I know that that's not
1: necessarily true
2: certain figures i'm sure there's the odd figure here and there that have like a really big significance to you just because where you were in your life at that point or uh, why you bought that figure there's certain figures like for me personally that i'm super attached to you know
1: yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a couple of Black Series figures that I'm like, I you know, I feel like my Black Series campaign, you know, that was supposed to be the Celebration exclusive last year. Same with the armor, you know, in those, like, sliding boxes. Yeah, the, the staircase you know, thing. The, yeah, the, the, those are special, um, but not to say that any of the other ones, because they're listening, aren't any less special, but um, they, um, you know, I, I mean, I I just think now more I can probably take or leave like the new stuff that's coming out, especially when it comes to like repaints or um, like the carbonized stuff. Like, Whew. no. And especially like like the hondo that I bought, when it came out last year, it was, I think, twenty four ninety nine. That was the regular retail price of a Black Series figure. This time when I bought it, it was $27. It's the exact same figure. It's just $3 more.
2: It's strange uh-huh. how they priced them. Like out here, like the stuff that from like... You know, even the Last Jedi or the Rise of Skywalker is still twenty nine ninety nine. But then when you get your Hondo figure or something, it could be like thirty-four, thirty-seven.
0: It's well, very odd. Hondo Hondo is exclusive to Toys R Us here. And I think mm-hmm. he, was, he was target exclusive in the US. Yeah. And so that will carry like a you know a five dollar premium in a lot of cases. But a regular Black Series now, for the new stuff that's being released, is like 33 bucks. Plus, you know, in, in Quebec here, we've got 15.5% tax. So a figure is pushing 40 bucks.
1: Well, that's communism for you.
0: <laughs> at, at $40 you bucks really got pop, to pick I can't it. I, <laughs> I, You know, I haven't bought that many Black Series figures recently. And then when we see stuff like, you know, more carbonized figures coming out. Mentioned, speaking of carbonized stuff, like the, the Scout Trooper, Shore Trooper, and, a, uh, and Paz Vizsla all released or announced this week as, as new entries to that carbonized line. And I'm just like, dude, I would so grab a Paz Vizsla. No, I mean, we have him already. He's the heavy Mando still. Yeah. The,
1: the only difference is the paint and his name being on the box.
0: Yeah. And he comes in that, that slip case thing too, just like um, the armor and Cad Bane. Or is that, is that true? Or is that, no, he's in it. No, 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 it's
1: not. It's a regular, it's a regular box.
0: It's a regular box. So, yeah, fine. I mean, if there was one I was going to get, it would probably be him for the name, but I'm not doing it. I'm not. I, no way. I can't. I, I think they've gone a bit too far with the carbonized line. Just the same molds, just with us, you know, uh, metallic looking paint over top or wash over top. I can't do it. Man. I hope I you know, hope my,
2: my Rex has come in, man. Like I ordered them from a U.S. site, Entertainment Earth. And, uh, like Rick advised yeah. me as to when they, they dropped and I was yeah, like, I was,
1: I was about to say, you're welcome.
2: Yeah. You're the best man. I was like, don't tell Kyle. He's like, sorry, man. It's already in the group. I was like,
1: no, <laughs> <laughs> that's close. That's close. But I don't recall apologizing to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was more like it, it's in the group. <laughs> By the way, I was still like, no, but Kyle, I think told me his order got canceled. So I was like,
0: "Yes." No, my order oh, no, no no no. no. Huh? I I had or, I had placed an order with Entertainment Earth as well. Uh, and then I I and then our guy local here Toy Snowman, he got them. So I have a few in with him. But he was saying that it's it's possible from his end that they could all get blown out. So I I haven't seen anything yet to to Yeah, we're looking at that. November on him man, for sure. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to see that yeah. Rex figure. But so far, you so good. It. It's not been canceled. You will not see it. Eh, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. It's <laughs> okay. I still have that. That uh, you know. I'm pretty sure if I wanted to, I could exchange my X-wing Luke for at least two Rex. If I really. I, wanted I have. To. I
2: have the Rex
0: exclusive in that slidey box. I could probably get a regular Rex and an exclusive Rex in a slidey box for my X-wing Luke nice. if I wanted to. <laughs> Oh, that tea
1: tastes good, Corey. I'm going to go ahead and use this again. Real fans are buying multiple Trapper Wolf Black Series figures. Ooh. <laughs> I want
2: one of those. Why didn't you get th-
1: I, I don't. understand why
2: people give that so much guff, man. Like, come on, sucks. it's Filoni. It should have came. It's not
1: Filoni. It's a listen. If you when you listen to the Hasbro thing, they're like, it's not a Dave Filoni figure. It's a Trapper Wolf figure. Listen. If, yeah, I, know I saw that live stream. Look. I, go ahead Rich. it is it, it's a it's a total tribute to dave filoni hell yeah i just the first time i saw the thing i was like why does he look like he's got shit on his upper lip and that's all he's smelling <laughs> i'm like oh, sorry but i'm like what a terrible looking figure i mean for me i was like this no that's I, it. a lot
2: of people give it i don't i'm i'm still into it man i would totally get it because i don't i don't know if we're ever going to get anything like that again with Filoni, right like uh, there's no Funko Pop. I, it was think, gonna
1: it was gonna happen. I mean there there have been a, a handful of George Lucas figures. You know what I mean? Like they've done like the X-Wing George and you know, with like I, I think it was a three and three quarter. It, yeah, I think it was like a celebration exclusive. It, 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 it's at some point. I,
0: no, I sold it. <gasps> what? Yeah, I sold that <laughs> one. It's not worth beans, man. It was worth like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Yeah. Why'd you sell it to me this...
1: then? I don't know. F- guy. Yeah. <laughs> This, this, like, the Trapper Wolf thing, like, hey, anybody that wants it, hey, good for you. Um, just know that, like, I won't be in the line, so you can have mine. But um, I saw the thing and was just like, uh, okay, cool. It's, you know, Dave Filoni Black Series figure. If they had sold it as, like, here's a Dave Filoni Black Series figure, like, part of this, like, I did the Twitter Twitter thread of, like, here's your creator's series or whatever, and do the thing. But it's like, nope, it's not him. It's Trapper yeah. Wolf. I, like, I, I, yeah.
0: Isn't it is Patrick but, from Hasbro who said that? Is that his name? Yeah. I was like, come on, yeah. dude, just say it. Just say, yeah, <laughs> come on. We wanted to do a Dave Filoni figure, so we we kind of did it. You don't put Trapper Wolf in a slide-out special yeah. deluxe packaging like that and then just say, no, we we just really wanted to do Trapper Wolf. Give me a break.
1: Especially yeah. the first I mean,
0: time he was ever on camera, it was like kind of like cringeworthy.
1: He didn't even want to do it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I remember. <reversed. laughs> I saw him in the gallery. He was like, it's very different having 30 people like watching you.
1: Yeah, yeah was, I don't know. I, again... More power to anybody that wants it. I mean, do your thing, guys. You guys want to scramble for the Dave Filoni. Fi- Give me the Dave Filoni as, like, on Mortis Black Series figure. <laughs> I'd be good with that. But, like, if X-Wing Dave Filoni is, like, whatever, dude. Like, it, it's not for me. I'm I I I I actually surprised it much, but they it's have not, not
0: done, like, Star Wars Creators Black Series line yet. That that would Those would sell. If there was a George Lucas Black Series exclusive... That
2: oh, would sell yeah. like crazy. That would be like the Stan Lee uh, Marvel Legends.
1: You know what would sell is a Black Series uh, Ben Solo, but um, yeah, oh, um, yeah. But, they're, but they're listening to the fans, and they gave us a Trapper <laughs> <laughs> wolf Wolf uh, Black Series figure, <laughs> and not uh, a Ben Solo figure first, or a Luke on crate Black Series. I mean, but on, like
2: right. like you said, Rick, the that picture on the side of the box with the uh, would you say the stiff upper lip
1: no the shit on his lip <laughs>
2: that's it <laughs>
1: there
2: you go that was a little bit one. of a difference sir. yeah <laughs> either way like you can't tell me that's not felony you know what I mean like that smug I, looking face it, is like look at me on a box oh it's yeah fine.
1: it's fine you know it's novelty and like I said for anybody that wants it good for you but then it was like two days afterwards I was like yo we already got the Dave Filoni Black Series figure his name is Chopper like Ooh. I'll just take that one out of the yeah, that one's coming out of the closet before I buy it in another or jump, any Trapper Wolf figure. Chop
2: does rule with his the only only way that that, somewhere
1: before. The only
0: way you ever want that to, okay, a lot of people are gonna want Trapper Wolf, no doubt. It's gonna sell out. But uh if if they ever do the oh boy, what's his partner's name? The guy from Kim Kim's Convenience.
1: Yeah. Uh, Carson Teva.
0: Yeah. If they ever do a Carson Teva to go with that, then it's like, oh geez, well now I need both. And it's, I'm it's, surprised
1: that wasn't like the yak rate that like the, YAC, the yak face reveal where they pulled the a little flap out of their box. And it's like Carson Teva coming yeah, soon. The you know, duo. reveal
2: That should have been a duo pack. Probably should have yeah. been right. If they, if they wanted to sell them as X-Wing, they should have sold it as a duo pack. That
0: if they should, really yeah, wanted
1: to get people, cause you know, they would, they should have sold it with an X-Wing. Oh my
0: god! Ooh. An X a Black Series scaled X Wing. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. But that's I'm
2: adoring on, that, that,
0: that that smug face though on the side. I adore it.
2: It's like, look at you, Dave. I
1: don't how need that staring go? at me. I got I got my pretty boy face, Cad Bane, looking at me every once in a while. I'm good with that. Dude, I don't can you believe my, I, I, I got three of those. Now. One of those. Oh, got how three? dare you! I
2: had two men, and my son was just like. God made this. And he was loving the Clone Wars so much. I was like, I do have a second one. Check it out. He was like,
1: oh my but, God. But it was the regular box when it wasn't the.
2: Yeah, but for him, yeah. it's open now. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, in my funny. car. So we can play with it in the car, on the car ride. Yeah, Along with saying, the Mandalorian Black Series. How crazy is that? Those two figures, All man. Like my prized possessions. He's like smashing them into each other.
1: Damn. I, I hope your son doesn't hear this later on.
2: he's a good kid he deserves it i guess
1: Mm, okay all i'm uh, saying i i i don't need i don't need dave filoni's black series figure staring down his nose at me
0: well what do do you want him talking down to you instead he could try (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've I've got a i've got uh two of the regular cad Bane's and the uh the slipcase one that one's obviously still still in box one of the regular black series still in box and I opened up one of them and posed them up with uh, an archive Boba Fett. So they're kind of they're in a little standoff with right now with one another.
2: I have duplicates of uh, Ahsoka's and Clone War. Ahsoka's Clone Wars uh, season seven figure. I
0: still well, have three. I still have three of those too. You got three? <laughs> I, still, I still have three. Jesus. I just sold three. I've got three more. Jesus! Yeah, How much piece. you sold them for? Retail. Really? Wow. Good on you. Doing it for the collecting the com- the community. Get them back out there into the hands of collectors. It's the way you gotta do yeah,
1: it. You're doing you're yeah. doing a service to the people. Yeah, you really are, man.
0: People people want to beat suckers <laughs> like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, these guys no I met I met a couple of guys who are like, man, I, I, I wanted to get this so bad. I just I never saw it in my in my town. I'm so glad. Hey man. I I hope it goes to a good home.
1: I well, um, no wonder why they never saw it. You got them all.
0: Oh man, I, I worked for that box too. Holy Jesus, did I work for that box. I staked out a Walmart for like four hours and then pulled it out yeah. of a pallet. That was an epic story. And then ran. <laughs> <laughs> ran for the door.
1: <laughs> Didn't even pay for it.
0: I, actually, I wanted to just buy the case. I'm like, nah, I can't let you have the case. And I was like, oh no, they're, they're going to bust me. And they just, they just cut it open, just scanned the six figures inside and that was it. Walked out. What a joy that was.
1: You could but, probably uh, sell the box itself for a couple of dollars probably. Uh what about the
0: uh, Tartakovsky vintage collection stuff? I know you guys aren't into that line but it's Tartakovsky hmm, Yeah, nice I wonder if the Tartakovsky slant ropes in a few extra people. I'm I'm dying to pull the trigger on these. I I know they went up in on walmart.com as their exclusives but I didn't do it. I can't I, I don't want I can't pay the exchange, the shipping, the duty. It's just not or worth trust
2: it. Trust me, you you can't trust Walmart shipping your Star Wars figures. Oh, I know that. I I know that very well. Like the Amazon makes them look like amateurs
0: and they're not great either. Exactly. <laughs> so is anybody going to bite on these Tartakovsky vintage collection just because it's Tartakovsky?
1: Yeah. You no, know, they're, listen, they're great looking. I think they, they look fantastic. I, I'm not a three and three quarter collector. So, you know, if I was, I'd probably be all over these things and they're tempting. They really are. But yeah, this is uh this is a pass for me.
2: No, uh, I might get a, it depends on the character to be honest. Like, But a Grievous, I would would pick that up probably.
0: Well, it's got Aayla Sakura, Luminara Unduli, Barasofi, an ARC Trooper Captain, an ARC Trooper, and a Battle Droid. So, those are tough to lay off. At least the three Jedi, I want pretty badly. And then the ARC Troopers. Those are also really rad. And then... Yeah, if you're a vintage collector like yourself, these are all like... And I'm trying to get out of vintage because I buy the things and I just slip them into a box. Like, I I don't... Open them because it's all about the uh, you need like five walls to display them on. And that's not really how <laughs> rooms work. <laughs> generally well, <speaking>. I know. <laughs>
3: that's
0: the joke. But uh yeah, I I if if the, if they went up tomorrow, I don't know if I'd be pulling the trigger. I just don't know. Because if you're gonna get five of the six, you may as well just get the sixth and get that battle droid, which I don't really care about. But gotta do it, gotta finish off the wave. But then on the Black Series side of things, uh, Mace Windu, General Grievous, and an ARC Trooper Captain, which I think that was Target, wasn't it? What, is that like all archive or something? No, these are Black Series Tartakovsky kind of figures, but they're okay. on, they're on uh, well, I mean. They're yeah, really the Black deep.
2: Series Grievous, man. I was like, come on, got to get that Tartakovsky. Like, oh, I thought I'd seen that. So. Well, Rick, th- those
0: did go up on, was it, was it Target.com?
1: i think it was uh i'm pretty sure it was target uh in the states <clears throat> and but they they didn't release any images for them it was just um like little stills from the old animated show and like i struggle to think like what those are going to look like dude the cape, um, the cape you know i have the grievous black series that came out was it two years ago and i really like it i some people had some problems with it the way the cape is because it it like goes over the shoulder and it's not part of the shoulder piece or you know there's some of that um and i get it but the tartakovsky grievous like he turns into like that that little cannon thing at one point when um the authorian is like uh like shouting at him and he's like kind of like just crawling on two legs but he just like completely shrinks his body if they can find a way to do that kind of stuff with the black series figure um I think it'd be really cool. I mean, just stylistically that Tartakovsky stuff was so different than anything else, oh, so you know, cool. to do, especially like, you know, Mace's head, you know, it's kind of like the shape of a like old cartoon keyhole and, you know, like they're, you know, they got like kind of Popeye proportions to their arms and legs. Uh, you know, are they going to keep some of that or were they, you know, do, cause I mean like the, the three and three quarter figures, they're not, very stylized except for maybe the coloration on them is a little bit brighter than it would be normally other than that I mean they just seem like regular
0: I think those are just repacks uh, from previous vintage collection releases just given maybe an updated paint deco and and, you know maybe the head
1: sculpt a little bit
0: yeah maybe and then um yeah the vintage collection or the Tartakovsky artwork on the card back
1: yeah I, I mean it's I think it's really cool that they're doing like the 50th for Lucasfilm you know to kind of run through a few figures from each line
2: it's a little um, early though no
1: no it's 50 years 50 oh. years of lucasfilm so i, I mean guess. who knows yeah, what, the, what that, they'll that's do next jumping I mean,
2: the gun though like that that's taking advantage of a situation i find because technically like you want to count 50 years from the first film but i get it
1: yeah thx so give me a Black Series THX figure. Of like <laughs> there thing. you oh, go. From that I'm serious. Like they're talking 50th anniversary for Lucasfilm. I was like, great. Where's my Howard the Duck figure?
0: I thought, I thought yeah. for sure we were going to see 50 or we were going to see Lucasfilm 50th Willow figures this year. hundred yeah, percent. I would have bet the what, farm on that with the show coming. I thought for sure yeah, they exactly. would have used this, the opportunity to start drumming up interest. And maybe I mean, the year is just over half done. Maybe we still will. But by now you'd think we would already know very bizarre choice or maybe they you know maybe they can still sell 50th anniversary stuff next year when the show is a bit closer to being done
1: yeah i who knows maybe they had some stuff planned for celebration you know that they wanted i mean who knows that they, they could do like a a young indie line um that i'm sure people would buy up you know who who doesn't want a black series river phoenix
2: or even just indie
0: itself man
1: yeah river phoenix
0: and Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'd probably snap up a couple of those, to be honest. But yeah, it's been uh, pretty dry for myself and the collecting end of things. But uh, it's not for Hasbro's lack of trying. They're they're trying to get me to buy stuff, and I'm sure they're going to get me in. As you know, once we see stuff from Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, or Mando Season Three, and the just the avalanche of live action stuff that's coming, it's going to be super difficult. To maintain any sense of, we do get that Fennec Shan Black oh, Series. God, yeah, and the, the Bill Burr figures coming. Yep.
1: Omega, Omega's coming. Omega's coming. Oh God! I, I,
0: one way or another, they're going to get you. It, I still maintain they should charge half for like dro- like Astromax, Ewoks, Omega. You're getting half the plastic. You should get half the money. Hasbro. Yeah, chumps. Chumps. They really are the worst. They or suck. do a double up. I don't think so.
1: Yeah. I mean, that would, that would be the way to go with, you know, Omega. Sell Omega with Gonky or Clink.
2: Yeah. Or Hunter.
1: No, Hunter sucks ass. He's the worst. Really? John yeah. Rambo? He's garbage. Everybody, <laughs> listen. I don't care who you are. Real fans, stand Crosshair. The rest of y'all, hashtag fans. <laughs> third time. Trifactor. Hat trick. <laughs> Hat trick. That's the thing you guys know, right? Hat tricks. <laughs>
2: yeah. My mom used to give me 10 bucks every time I got one. Okay. It's true. True story.
1: So how did you spend that $10? Uh,
2: back then? Maybe on CDs or movies. Bill Biv DeVoe. <laughs> uh, no, gonna. that was a little too before that time. <laughs> but... Yeah, it was maybe, huh? Maybe t- we're getting close to the the special edition era.
0: Yeah, so we're still before that. We're still before that, Corey. Anyway, um, listen, I, I, this this weekend I took advantage of the weather. Had to cut the grass, vacuum the pool. So you know, you plug, put in the earbuds, listen to some podcast or music or whatever, and your thoughts kind of drift. And my, as my thoughts tend to do, they drift to a galaxy far, far away. And so I was thinking about the Mando and I was missing that show and missing the characters, missing that side of the, of, of things. And really what I'm wondering is, like, do you think we'll see his history explored somehow? Whether it's, I, I, I don't care. Medium is open to your preference. But, you know, like when we first meet the guy, Din Djarin, he's this loner of a bounty hunter. And then as the series unfolds, he slowly opens up, he finds his humanity, he finds this love for this creature, uh, Gro, you know grogu, of course. They develop this relationship and this bond. and he becomes like a, a dad, space dad. And oh, yeah, but we and we also see through flashbacks like his early history as a, as a kid and his people being slaughtered by battle droids on the Night of a Thousand Tears. And he's scooped up and saved by Death Watch, and all those years in between are a blank slate. And at some point, we know he traveled with a, a crew of pretty, pretty unsavory people, including uh, Zian, the uh, the Twi'lek from, that we met in season one. And the, she made a really heavy implication that the Mandalorian has this really dark, violent past. So I, I wonder if they're going to show that show us that dark and violent past.
1: What do you think, Rick? Um, You know, season three, this show without Grogu is a completely different animal. And, you know, who's to say a lot of season three isn't a lot of, like, introspective, like, like, he misses Grogu. He misses, you know, being the guardian. He has to go back into the old life that he had before as, as this bounty hunter, mercenary kind of guy. And we don't get um or I mean through that we could get kind of flashback things of you know past traumas, early hunts for him, you know, kind of coming into that person. I mean, he started off the show, started you know by saying, Um, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold to you know essentially let me look on you with my own eyes um by the yeah. end of season two. And um, that's quite a transformation for for this character. Um there's a lot to explore there in his past that i would be game to see you know because there's a lot of questions that go along with it like who are the children of the watch what is the stuff with the covert who's the armorer how did you know that shape um who what the mandalorian identity has become in the years post um you know i I guess i would say more like a new hope uh time frame Um, or you know maybe even the rebels time frame from like the last time we had seen You know, a lot of Mandalorians together. um, Because, you know, they seem to be kind of these outcast Mandalorian figures if we're talking about the way Bo Katan uh, sees Mandalorians as, uh, as a culture. So I'd be all for seeing, you know, kind of a past exploration for him because it only seems right to do it that way because he reinvented or he was thrust into a new identity becoming this father figure from this harsher life. And now he doesn't have that as. Kind of his failsafe anymore.
0: That's like uh, I like the way you put that because I was trying to think. Because for me personally, I was like, like this guy. He, he, I think he's debatably the most popular character of the Disney era. You know, since Star Wars took, or since Disney took over Star Wars. So I was, mm-hmm. I was like, what's the value in you know? You gave us this transformation of Dinjarin as this cold-hearted guy into teary eyed space dad so is there value in going back and showing him as like potentially this this really violent butcher of a character do they would they want to sort of reverse engineer him to that point where you go to like a person and go oh we like this this journey but then show us some of the terrible stuff he did and then you know do you still like him now after you've seen this you know seeing him being a total asshole because uh, you know i think zian made it pretty clear that like he used like he didn't he use people as target practice.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like yeah, it's yeah, exactly. like that, you know, we he used, shows it, something like that and it's okay for her to say it and then give us this transformation, but now if we're going to go past this point and then you're going to show us like Dinjarin out there like using people as target practice, whether it's a book or comic or whatever. I don't know, I don't know how much value there is in that in in sort of recontextualizing this guy who you brought around to be not redeemed but brought him around to being sort of like a whole person
1: i i think what that does is it helps to define like i said it helps to define identity and show you um who he was working towards a goal you know be it just making money you know pulling in bounties or whatever from that selfish to selfless by putting himself out there for Grogu. And again, wrestling with the ideas that I don't have, I don't have to be the protector anymore. You know, if he's, I mean, there's this whole other story between him and Bo-Katan and the dark saber that they can get into as well. Maybe he has to become that warrior again. He has to be the person who's willing to do something terrible again, because Bo-Katan is essentially challenging him to be so. And we know that she can be just as ruthless as well. Um, you know, if she won't just take the dark saber from him and be the ruler of Mandalore and he kind of is the de facto person right now, again, he's had this whole new identity thrust on him or he, he was used to becoming that protector. I mean, he literally dropped his armor. He dropped his shell to show kind of the real person that he was. He came from a loving family that completely changed because of this trauma and then had his whole life brought full circle again by having the lid lifted off of him to show his face again to this other smaller being that he was willing to let go. You know, it, it's that, sh- it's that total selfless transformation that we see from him, but I think it can, re- it, I think it can show him, give a different meaning, a deeper meaning to what that transformation was like for him and how hard it might've been for him to pull the trigger the first time against IG 11 when he says, you know, I, he he's to be terminated, you know, There was something instinctual about that. It speaks to his past automatically. You know, it's like, we've already seen the redemption of this character. I don't think it would change him that much for people to say like, oh damn, he did some crazy things. I mean, we're getting exactly that with Andor. We're going to see that rough time in his life where he had to make these really hard decisions to get to where he was by the end of Rogue One. You know, all of those decisions inform his character all throughout. So yeah, give me all of that.
0: Yeah, and I think it makes more sense like, because, you know, guys like you and I are, are going to... If they do it in a comic or a novel, we're going to read it. And we're going to take out the stuff, like you said. Like, the important stuff about the Armorer and the Children of the Watch. And how did all these little factions come to be? That's kind of the... That, that I think that's almost as much as... You know, that's the stuff we'll take away. More than anything, I think. And they'll just wrap up... They'll, they will like, put Din Djarin's sort of sh- skatey, sketchy, shady past in there. But, uh, yeah. Uh- what do you think, Corey? I couldn't
2: agree with you guys more, man. 100% like you guys really just hit the nail on the head like big time. Like, you know, sp- spur of the moment kind of question. But like Rick kind of really nailed it right off the bat. Like yeah, you really put it clear there, Rick. Like it's so true. Like, well, Kyle, you'd said, first of all, uh, he is kind of like their cash cow. And it's like uh, they wouldn't go that route just because uh, he's so loved now. And he's kind of already been through that trial and tribulation and uh, turned that character But, like, as Rickon pointed out, he's in a totally different position now. Like, being the pretty much the ruler of Mandalore and being thrust into this position, it does make sense to kind of maybe possibly go back into his past and spell things out, you know, get a little introspection, go a little deeper into the character. Like you said, Grogu's out of the picture. So it kind of uh, like he, it would be weirder if he was there to see these kind of things. But again, they spelt it out before. I don't know how far they need to necessarily go into it to spell define his character, but he obviously has past trauma like you guys said, and that could be interesting to, to storytelling, and especially uh, towards his growth in this show, which he has a lot to do uh, in the next season. Again, being the, the the claimer of the Darksaber, if you will, you know, the new ruler of Mandalore. Like, uh, anyway, there, there's a lot of I, I could see either way, basically, if they don't want to go into that too much, but I think we will touch on his past somewhat, at least the the death watch thing. I think we definitely need a little more information on in that regard. Uh, the armor, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, to me
1: to me going into the season three, like this seems to be the first time in Dinjaran's life where he's had the ability to make the choice for himself. every Every major change in his life was almost out of his hands. You know, with the attack on, you know, his home village or whatever, he was a child. He had no say in that, you know, being raised by Death Watch, he had no say in that. Being a child of the Watch, he really, he didn't have a say in that. Maybe become becoming a bounty hunter mercenary was something that he did, or maybe that's something that the armorer said, well, listen, if you're going to be part of this, this is how you help support everybody else in the covert. You have to go out and bring money in. So again, that, that might not have been a choice for him. Finding Grogu wasn't a choice for him. Um, he made a choice by shooting IG-11. Um, but again, that might've been an instinctual thing of like, I've already lived this trauma. So maybe in his own head, he'd never, he felt he didn't have the choice. He just had to do it. And now he's in a position where the choice is completely his to make. And I mean, if we want to get down to brass tacks and talk about thematically what Star Wars is, you know, it was laid out in Master and Apprentice, like being on, um, what's it? Qui-Gon says, you know, being on the light side, isn't a thing that just happens. It's the choice you have to make every single day going forward. And Din Djarin is not a holy light side character. He's a quote unquote good guy because we've seen him quote unquote do good things, um, in these two seasons, but we know that he's got this checkered past. And if he has the ability to make the choice from here on out for how, however long the show goes, you know, they can show him being, you know, a protector of the right, um, you know, and a beacon for people and being something a little bit more symbolic than just I'm the bounty hunter, I'm here to do the job. You know what I mean? It just seems like thematically it's gonna be more about choice and identity for him than just an adventure of the week show.
2: Yeah. Like in a sense, like for to me they, they gotta reunite. Grogu and Din have to reunite at one point. And you know, we'll know you know instinctually, even if you don't see Grogu, you know that he'll have grown immensely under Luke and it's almost a way for uh din to really like cleanse his demons and become whole again as a person and really really be worthy of grogu you know like for them to meet again and they're both whole completed like you know they've they've come full circle
0: well at, you know, at some point the show like the show's called the mandalorian at some point it has to be specifically about dinjarin and it it has been about his transformation but really, I think like, it's going to be about unifying Mandalore, like Rick was saying about Death Watch and all that stuff. I really
2: think it's about him because he's seen both sides. It's going to come down to that, I think, where he's just going to be like, you know, like he's going to be the ruler that they need.
0: Well, yeah, and it's something that, that I think the show's been driving at is there's, you know, there's the different sort of factions of Mandalorians. There's there's the Bo-Katan side of things, and then there's like the, the cult that is Death Watch where he originally came from. Like, what do you mean you mandos can take off their helmets like he's shocked by all this so he's he's got he's got to reconcile all this stuff now but in terms of his past like it, it doesn't sound like he's a perimeter player in terms of like all the violent stuff like he was right in the thick of it and i and star wars do, is good at making those things more complicated than at first contact kind of thing like they could make it like much more complex than just him having fun and using people as target practice. You know, he could have been very being hev- very heavily influenced by some really bad actors, which is a, a Star Wars thing. You know, people under the spell of somebody else. But uh, the, the other comparison I like to think about is, is uh, with Poe. You know, he's this really likable guy in the movies. And then we heard that they're going to go into his past as a Spice Runner. And then, you know, we got that nugget in Rise of Skywalker, and then they announced a a novel that would explore that part of his past. And I was like, even from from, from the announcement, I was like, there's no way they're going to make this guy out to be, like, a dope dealer. Like, selling drugs to kids. Like, they're not doing that. He's going to be guilty by association. They're going to make him the getaway car driver. Which I didn't read the book, but Rick, you can correct me here that that's exactly what they did, right
1: yeah that's that's kind of what happened with him. It was like he didn't want to be where he was. he was upset with like his upbringing and kind of like feeling sheltered in a way and when he had the opportunity to leave, he did and got wrapped up with the wrong people, you know, but he thought it was like, okay, I get to do something fun and be a pilot, even though he really wasn't and yeah, he was more of a courier than anything, which sure i guess he was a technically he was running spice because you know he because he drove the uh the old cutlass but um it was yeah like you want to get into hard definitions of like he has a checkered past and it's like well he he knew some bad people and like his more his morality was never really in question in that book at least not to me it didn't feel that way like he wasn't like all right come on guys we're off to the next score we got to you know get more money it was like people telling him well this is what we need to do in order to survive and you know and then there was a larger morality question towards the end of the book when it came to um, what's her name um, Carrie Russell yeah uh, Zori bliss and her mom and stuff like that and and, uh, and how all of that shook out so it's a good book if people should go read it because it does give insight to the character but you do see if you want to look at it in terms of generalities of like he was a spice runner eh, not really but he was involved
0: yeah, and so I was like, Yeah, there's no way they're going to do that to Poe. And so I, I do wonder, like, are they going to do that with Mando? Like, are they going uh, to, I don't know. I, I, but it's, it seems, it's hard I to dismiss like as Brick's, a possibility. Guilty by
2: association.
1: I, see, I don't know. I, I think for him, you have to paint him with a much harsher brush because he's his first line in the whole thing I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. Yeah. We know that there's, he's got like, a whole ship full of you know people in in carbonite you know what i mean like it's a job for him like he's unfeeling he's uncaring he is like a machine know, he, yeah basically i mean he's you know he, he's the t800 he doesn't care what he's doing you know what i mean See,
0: it, like t800 it, Alt- it, it's not it,
1: it's not it's not a morality thing for him it's just this is this is what i need to do to survive and again there's no choice there you know what I mean? That's that's what I was saying before. So if if we do start, if they do do some kind of past exploration for him and we see him do these much harsher things, again, he's, he's kind of like the stoic bounty hunter. You know, we don't see his face. We just see like he's the guy who goes in, does the job, and comes out. The bigger question then is how do we frame that with how Mandalorian Season 3 or any other seasons afterwards connect with, ahsoka or if they're still doing rangers of the rangers of the republic or you know this other largest story that they were kind of hinting about back in december you know how does that frame his character if he's still going to have this kind of like solo standalone tv show and then bridge all of this other stuff together is he going to go back into that old life does he still stay kind of like this kind of like half champion for the right thing i mean he was only doing the right thing because he found the right person to do it for I guess, you know what I mean? Like, it, Grogu became the catalyst for his morality. Transformation, yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, if it wasn't for Grogu, he would have, you know what I mean? He, like I said, it was something that was thrust upon him. The choice wasn't there. It was just like, no, I've been in this position. I know what it's like. I Nobody yeah. should have to go through that again. It's instinctual for him.
0: Yeah, like, did so he, does, to does he the sort of regress back into that shell, or did Grogu really open the guy up and, and make him see things through a different lens where, yeah, you know what? I don't have to Go around shooting everybody. There, are, there is a different way, and you know, I, I can, you know, approach things with a little more, I guess, compassion rather than just, you know, blasting everything.
1: hmm And and then to have somebody like Luke come into the show at the end, and to kind of set the example of like, like, I'm here to help. You know, somebody called for me to help. In my selfless way, I am here to, you know, take the burden off of you and and take this quote-unquote child where he needs to be so that he can be nurtured the right way we can all pass judgment if you if you want to look at the old legend stuff at how good of a teacher luke was i mean he got a, a ton of padawans killed um and girlfriends were like you're the worst luke you suck um so he, if you want to look at legends that might not be the best scope to do that through but um you know who knows with with new canon how effectual he may be as a teacher but again in terms of din like that becomes the example of just you know, I'm here to help. Thank you for helping up to this point, but I got it from here. Does he uh, get stay on that route? That, you know, not that he's out rescuing children for the rest of his life or anything. Um, but again, it's still it just it comes down to this idea of like the choice is now his to do. Nobody's telling him, except for what's going on with the darksaber, nobody's telling him that he has to be a certain way. And he can very easily just let the darksaber stay on that ship and be like, I don't want it, I'm out and just fly away. He doesn't have to do anything with it. He doesn't have to hold on to it if he doesn't want to. Well, yeah. You know, nobody's forcing at, it in his hand.
0: At the end of that episode when when you know he Gideon's laughing. He's like, "Ah, he's going to have this is funny. He's going to have to fight her for it or she's going to have to fight him for it." I was like, "Well, why can't din just be like, "No, screw this." Like just open the airlock and throw the saber out. Like that's it. It's gone mm-hmm. now. We're not we're not dealing with this. You want it, go get it." Like, I'm out. So I, I don't know what they do with all that stuff, but I, I think it's, you know, as much as I question the value of telling the story beyond the the lore, like, it's, it's just, it's too hard to dismiss. Like, Mando sells too well. I, I can't imagine they leave that stuff on the table, but I do wonder, like, we, we, we knew that we were supposed to be getting a Mando novel, and then it was canceled, and we don't know why. And the
2: story I, keeps changing. They can't. They can't afford to set up a web that
0: they're they're gonna break. Well, we don't. We we that's one thing we surmised. Like this show has become so popular, and we're spinning out such a big world for this character now, that we don't want the 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 novel to trip us up. So pull it off the table.
1: Well, who's to say that the novel wasn't going to be a backstory? exactly and then they it just probably, decided I, it well, probably was let, let's look we want to do this on the screen in one way shape or form so we need to rethink how this book is going to be written and for all we know adam christopher is still doing a star wars book at some point uh, you know i mean that book was taken from him i mean i don't want to say taken but it was canceled uh for whatever reason and he's going to do something at some point we just, we just don't know what that is
0: boy i i, I just Wish for the day where we get Mando comics and a Mando novel. Just, I, I want that stuff right in my veins.
1: That's been the one kind of missing link for this whole story is that there hasn't been any ancillary material I and mean, we get it for everything. We've gotten it for everything else, you know, but for this, but again, I, I mean, it did, I mean, the whole thing, they kind of created a monster with it, that it, it couldn't just be the self-contained yeah. let's just do the thing. I mean, the, the fandom grew so big you know, where, they're playing their yeah. cards
2: close to the chest.
1: Yeah, I mean, my mom is sending me Baby Yoda gifts and, like, she doesn't know <laughs> what the hell it is. <laughs> you know?
0: And I guess well, if you're going to do Mando comics and a novel and all this outside stuff to support the show, and you have, like, eight other live action shows coming, do you set a precedent where now you have to do, like, Ahsoka comics and an Ahsoka, another Ahsoka novel andor Kenobi? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Do you have to do stuff to support all those shows in print in some way? That's
1: that's a lot. You know, I, I was thinking about this. You know, like there, there's there's for a lot of people there's there's a big divide between legends and canon and the way the stories were told. And I was thinking about the legend stories were telling what happens next, and it seems like when canon was restarted, they were telling more backstory stuff. Like there's not a forward there's not a lot of forward momentum when it comes to the stories yeah it's always like the exploration up to whatever movie it's a lot more like you know looking at the like the leia book and master and apprentice and even the high republic it's all in the past there's nothing that's forward moving about it and i think if maybe if they are going to do maybe the plan was only to do two seasons of mandalorian and it would have made sense for them to like okay well here's this novel that explains this backstory if you're interested and that could just be the thing but then they were like, no, this is the biggest property that, you know, at the time that uh, Disney Plus has. We can't stop doing this now. I mean, we heard Jane uh, Carlo Esposito say that they were had written through season four, I think, last year. Um, who's to say when the planning for the book was happening, how much of that was already fleshed out? You know, this this show could have very easily ended with season two the way that it that it ended. Absolutely. And pick up the story of the Darksaber somewhere else. It uh, To me... I mean, that, that could transfer over into Ahsoka with the Darksaber. I mean, you can carry this story somewhere else um, because you have the actors in place um, with, you know, your Katie Sackhoffs and that.
0: 100%, yeah. It, it, with all the sprawling storytelling, one thread passes from one show to another so easily. Who who knows where they could have taken it? But yeah, like people like to say this, the, you know, Favreau and Filoni are, are carrying the Star Wars franchise on, on their back at this point with this show. And it's, I, I don't know if I agree with that fully, but I do agree that this has been, uh, Reinvigorating. <laughs> it, well, it's certainly been a boon for the franchise. And it's, I think it's probably the thing that everybody can across the board, like people have their thoughts on the sequels and it's really polarizing in some places. But generally I think people look at the Mandalorian and go, let's put all this other stuff aside and let's just talk about this. Cause we all love this. And so I think they want, to you know live on that and we saw you know one thing we talked about coming into season two was well geez are, are they putting too much burden on this show to be sort of uh the jumping off point for all these other shows
1: i i think i think kind of the blessing of the show is that it's disconnected you know it started off completely disconnected from everything else it, is, it, it existed in this little space but again like the books go they didn't bring in characters from things that happen afterwards they brought in all of these characters from the galaxy's past that we had either already know or have kind of been explored bringing Ahsoka into this time bringing Bo-Katan into this time bringing Cobb Anthes into this time bringing Boba Fett into this time and now getting backwards exploration of who Fennec Shand is in Bad Badge you know what I mean like Lucasfilm Star Wars has always decided to start the story from the middle and then either branch out or go backwards um and and start filling in gaps and making giving you a different character assessment through a history so you know maybe we've already gotten the episodes four five and six of mandalorian in seasons one and two and now we get kind of like the prequel exploration in whatever the next seasons are where we start to see that backwards uh, exploration of him
0: yeah yeah maybe it just seems like you know with anything mando that it's it's not going to be turned over and explored he just seems to be too popular and too loved at this point to uh not not delve deeper on especially especially with all the Mandalorian stuff that's been laid out in you know, in rebels and in clone wars before it it's just, it's just such a hot commodity in Star Wars right now anyway as it
1: should be Ma- mandalorians are cool
0: it's it's cool i used to be kind of lukewarm on them and they have brought me around i just you know, i didn't understand the whole clan and house thing and i was like
1: wait what a, what
0: where Where are all these people from? Why are they from there? and they're from I don't understand this. but it's it's you know it's come together pretty well and it's compelling and it's cool as hell. So I hope they they keep this up. But uh, cool. Let's leave it there for now. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this again at some point in the future. We will end the episode with uh, a little bit of chat about episode thirteen of the Bad batch Infested. Corey, what did you think of this episode? I mean, there wasn't too
2: too much going on. I mean, the, my first thoughts kind of were like, I found it interesting that we saw the pikes, right? I thought that was really kind of cool. Uh, kind of let me believe, oh, maybe we'll see Maul in the in the series or something like that. Like the, getting the crime syndicate into the game is kind of interesting. Like it could uh, could spell larger things. Anyhow, uh, the episode didn't necessarily go that way, but it might. You never know. Uh, these guys have their head in in it for money, so. We might see them again. So, either way, it was cool to see them. It was a nice little one-off in the sense that, you know, uh, Sid got her business back by the end of it all. You know, they, they pulled off the mission that they were trying to accomplish. Other than that, I mean, it was it was a bit of an action-packed episode. It was... You kind of saw by the, the, the episode title infested that it could have possibly had like a, a horror vibe to it a bit. And it kind of did... It also had a bit of an indie vibe. You know, as soon as I saw the rail cars, I was like, for sure, we're going to have a chase. <laughs> Temple of Doom. These, yeah, uh, yeah. A la Temple of Doom. Exactly. Yeah. Other than that, that's, that's pretty much it, man. I mean, there wasn't any big takeaways, in my opinion, in this episode. Like, I like that. Uh, let me give it a backstory on Ord Mandel. About how, you know, how Sid kind of got the boot. I like the fact that she's back in the, the driver's chair as well and they helped her out. I think she won't forget that. I think it's gonna come in handy for them. Um all in all, it was fun episode, but again, nothing really uh to write home about for the most part. But, Just, uh, yeah,
0: like I thought it was all right, but to me like it it felt so out of place, like they were building up some real momentum and, and energy with you know, over the last four or five weeks and the temperatures getting hot. And then we get this kind of breather episode that I don't think we needed. W- what about you, Rick? Yeah, it's what do you think?
2: It's, it's strange though at this time of the season too to to have this kind of episode when, like you said, where they were building up with Crosshair saying like uh, permission to hunt them down, you know? Yeah, like it would have been. Like, I, I feel like a,
0: I feel like Star Wars has done this before though. It, it felt f- kind of familiar to Star Wars where it's like they bring you to a certain place and then oh, but wait, hold on, we're calm
2: before the storm. The next one we're gonna get a sucker
0: punch. What do you think, Rick? Are we? Uh... Well, are we off base with our thoughts on this
1: episode? No, you guys are right. This this episode and probably the episodes between three and six, as of right now, and this could this could all change by the end of the season. Like, I probably I don't need to rewatch these episodes now. You know, they're they they're like what I was saying. Like Mandalorian, this kind of felt more like that Adventure of the Week kind of thing. They get into a jam, and then by the end of it, they're kind of almost where they were in the beginning. Um, the if there's a bigger takeaway from the show, it's that they're these guys are making themselves more known. The more people that they get wrapped up with, <laughs> yeah. um, Roland. Um, I mean, I, I I see the guy, and it was kind of like, oh, cool, like Visago. And I'm like, wait, no, that's I mean, that's not Visago. Like no. This guy's much more handsome than Visago is. And
2: but my 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 son said that as soon as he got his horn cut off at the end of the episode, he's like, He's Visago. I was like, No, I think that might be a thing.
1: Well, I I saw that and I was like, Oh, okay, well, like Visago, because he was part of the broken horn syndicate, and I was like, Well, there you go, there's your beginning. That's that's kind of like the trouble that the Bad Batch gets themselves affiliated with because we know that the broken horn syndicate is a thing in the time of rebels. And if this is the catalyst for them, for the goal for broken horn to like build strength, we know Issa Durant is apparently a force to be reckoned with somewhere else. Um, You know, I didn't really do too much research into who she is, or even if there is much more to her uh, than just the name at this point, but we know broken horn becomes a thing. And if they like the fact that Omega showed a little bit of compassion to Roland, That could be the thing later on that says, you know, they get into a jam somewhere where he's got a little bit of a power authority. And he's just like, listen, I'm going to help you guys, but only because Omega, because she stood up for me that one time. And we see, you know, the same thing kind of happens when they're getting ready to leave and Sid is on the ship. And it's like, well, at least one of you guys cares about me. Yeah, exactly, man. Like Like Sid has
2: a soft spot for Omega.
1: But Omega's Omega's compassion is putting them is she's putting her best foot forward and it's making that foot more visible, you know what I mean? Like more people might be aware of them as they're helping more people, and yeah. that could spell that could spell trouble for them later on but because I, I, every what, time, they're every supposed time, to be I, hidden right now.
0: Yeah, they're supposed to. Be, and that's what like Hunter's like. Ah, come on, we like let's just keep it cool here. Let's go. Let's go quiet. And Omega's like, no, come on, let's go help. And it's two weeks in a row where Hunter's been like, "Ah, guys, I don't think we should be doing this." And Omega's got to like shame him into being like, "Stop being an ass and let's go help these people." Yeah, let's do the right thing. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's go. And then it, yeah, you're right, Rick. It makes them more visible. It puts and it puts them, slowly it makes them more vulnerable. And by the way, I got just Roland Durand. If ever Star Wars had a character name that sounded like he played for the 82 Phillies. <laughs> it's Roland Durand, Right next to Mike Schmidt At shortstop
1: like, Him and And, and Bob Hudsall And Dickie Thon And
0: <laughs> All these guys <laughs> From the 80s And he Oh man I was like Roland Durand, What kind of name is that Oh god But yeah So I think Were we three for three at first Like that's Visago A younger Visago
2: Yeah I, th- I, th- I thought I it could know. have possibly been And it might still be You never know it would be like what do, you guys, what do you guys call it there when they're sh- like shortening the galaxy or making it too small by doing things like that. And if they did, I, I'm sure we would have complained about it here. But I I don't think it is. But there's still that possibility. But like Rickett said, the, the Broken Horn Syndicate is obviously it's a
0: cultural thing amongst them. The Devronians. Well, is is the what, is the Broken Horn Syndicate a thing at this point? Or is See, that a I I don't think be so formed? because
1: kind of taking a closer look and this is something that you know even Nathan I think brought up in the group he's Roland has a little symbol like kind of on like one of the like in the lapel area on his kind of tunic or whatever it's not the same sigil it's not the same Broken no. Horn Syndicate um, symbol so it, to me that seems like that was born from this. Yeah, like when you he know, gets his, when, and, it,
0: when Buddy Boy from the Pike slops off his horn, like that's kind of, that, mm-hmm. that has to be the origin of Broken Horn, right? Yeah,
1: the genesis. Yeah, that's, and you know, now, you know, Clone Force 99, even maybe not by name, but you know, now the Pikes are aware of who they are. You know, they you know, they're going to, yeah. Sid's going to be on their radar. So, I mean, if this sets up more of this kind of underworld thing, you know. I, I, and assuming there's going to be a second season of this, you know, this is what, this is how you very easily bring in your Boba Fett's, you know, if there's some kind of, um, you know, so like a, like a turf war kind of thing. as we kind of know that that's what Boba Fett's doing right now.
2: Oh, dude, they got to bring Boba Fett in man. being
0: Omega's sister in a way. Oh, they will. He's he's if it's not this season, it's next whenever they get to announce. It. I, you know, and, I thought and that that spells huge things for Mando as well.
2: Like <clears throat> if you find out that Fennec Shen and Boba know each other this far back, it just changes the whole dynamic of that f- meeting in Mando. Well, they
1: they clearly have some kind of a history because it's not just like, you know, I found you in the desert and healed you. And she's like she doesn't seem the type that's going to be like, cool, I'm going to go where you go. And you know that that to me it seems like there was there was more of a history there, that you know he maybe he knew where she would be, you know when that asshole Toro Calican <laughs> yeah. showed his face. I hate that guy. He's, oh, he's, excuse me, he's dink. the worst. <laughs> what a
0: dummy. So is the correct read on Roland is that he's like this young up and comer? He's out there trying to impress his mom, or trying to like trying to make her proud kind of thing.
1: That's the impression that I got okay. that maybe, Good. you know, he, he completely overstepped his balance. He tried to compete with the big dogs, you know, the pikes, you know, put him in his place. And, but, you know, Sid says like, you know, you don't want Issa Durand like on your bad side, the same way she's telling the bad batch, you don't want the pikes on your bad side. Like whoever she is, you know, she's notable enough to have made a name for herself, at least, you know, to the, uh, to the, un- the undesirable you know, underworld kind of people,
0: and I think I think I don't know if you know if we're gonna get to know Roland a bit more at some point in the future, but it seems like he makes an impression because Visago's ship is called the the uh, Broken Horn.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, so to name your ship after this dude's head <laughs> it seems like the guy's going places at some point. I don't know if, if we'll get to see it, but it seems like the, you know, we're so late in the game here in season one that to bring in the pikes and, and you know, seeing the pikes definitely raise the stakes. Um, but yeah, you got to, uh, you got to think that Roland is, is being placed in one of these episodes as sort of, not like a backdoor pilot kind of thing, but a seed planted for the future.
1: He's going to be, he's like the pergol of, uh, bad match. Yeah. Or all,
0: all, you know, like, um, almost like a Fennec Shand, like from episode five of season one in, in Mando.
1: You know, that reminds me, didn't the, I don't remember his name. Um, the Devronian that was in episode six of Mandalorian. Didn't he end up with a broken horn after getting his head smashed Bird. in the doors? Yeah.
0: Uh, did he? I don't know. He got to, yeah. I don't know. I think maybe... so.
1: The, the The door closed on his head. And when they showed him in the cell afterwards, I think one of his horns was broken.
0: Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. That's worth, yeah. These guys always get their horns snapped off. But yeah, so anyway, back on the pikes, like, like again, it's it's so late to bring them in, Um, and and it doesn't have to mean anything for the future. But like, you know, the show wraps up, and from their point of view, the matter's resolved. So if you know, if they never come back, it was sort of a clean exit for them here, where they just said, "Yeah, we're done here." It's it's sort of like. Your debt's paid, but if you if we see you, did did they issue some sort of threat? I can't remember. But anyway, like they had that that standoff in Sid's Parlor* with the Bad Batch and the Pikes, and I I so badly wanted the shit to hit the fan. Like there was just something really tense about that standoff, knowing that the Bad Batch don't know what they're getting into. Like they would have wiped the floor with those five or six Pikes. And then just brought the, a whole world of hurt down on them. And I really wanted them to that's, get into that.
1: That's kind of what I thought was going to happen where, you know, record would have been like, you know, let's just take them out, you know, kind of more of like an impulsive thing. But again, I mean, they're learning, you know, they have to find a way to keep themselves out of the public eye because they know that they're being, they're being hunted, you know, crosshair. I mean, they, they may not know that crosshair is, you know, literally following them but they know that the empire is after them they know that they've made some enemies along the way so you know they know i mean they, it's like they say at the beginning of one of the episodes where and it was odd to me that they say you know we have to keep our heads down but meanwhile omega is sitting up on wrecker's shoulder you know as they're what i forget which one says it but i was like oh yeah do you guys are trying to keep a low profile but omega's sitting on wrecker's shoulder right now like okay i get it
0: yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I've yeah, I'm I'm trying to keep it positive to this episode and you know talking about the things that I liked because yeah, i you know overall I felt this episode was out of place. It didn't do anything to advance the overall story. It it didn't give us any insight into any of the characters except maybe Sid. You know, like and just how few episodes we have left as well makes it quite odd. Yeah, like you know, like she's so she was always so calm and like sure of herself. And and that like that facade was kind of crumbling a bit when you know, when faced with the, the threat of the pikes. She's like, no, 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 shut up! Let me deal with this. You don't know what you're doing. And so it was there was obviously like a big threat there for for the bad batch. And I, I wish they'd kind of gotten into that. But anyway, like the only character element for you know, uh, you know the bad batch that I even thought was somewhat close to to being relevant was. Was Hunter like he still hasn't figured out that it's their job to help people, whether or not that you know it puts them in harm's way or or raises their profile? You know, he he left the duelist to their fate before, like we said, Omega kind of shamed them in, shamed him into agreeing to help, and then same deal this week. And at some point, you got to think that's he's either going to figure it out, and it's it's going to be a thing that becomes part of his thought process, or. <laughs> or he, he he okay we're going to help this time and it costs him and he has to he gets killed for it but uh, we'll see
1: i'm go i'm okay with that
0: yeah i mean a lot of these guys are very one dimensional right like they're they're kind of like the least interesting characters on the show
1: yeah the, you know the these they're fine you know it, they are what they are but i've been saying it since probably the second episode that for me crosshair has been my focus on the show because he seems to be the one that's that has kind of the internal battle, you know, there's an, I can more clearly see an end game for him. However, it ends, um, as opposed to what happens with the rest of them. I mean, do they just live happily ever after Do they deliver Omega somewhere to, so that she's safe. You know what I mean? I don't know how the show ends, but I can see an ending for crosshair that is, that shows a change in character. You know, I don't see a lot of, uh, and maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm just not seeing it, but I'm not seeing a lot of character change in the other what four members of the batch, oh, exclu- excluding, o- excluding Omega. Um, we haven't really seen much in the way of growth, uh, in my opinion, in the way that um, Tech and Echo are. If any one of them is going to die, it's probably going to be Echo. I mean, he's been through the most. He's the oldest of them. Their Um,
2: dynamic really has been screwing me up a bit, man. Like, I I feel like they haven't utilized those characters to their uh, potential, like, their capabilities kind of enough, you know, or paired them up enough to be able to be, like, uh, a real powerful force, you know? Like, Echo has kind of just been there for me, which is kind of sad because he he seems to have, like, a lot of potential.
1: Well, another worry that I had for the show was that there was going to be a lot of writing for convenience, like we need the machine to do the thing. And Tech just shows up and it's like, here you go. And that's exactly what happened with this episode. It was like, well, they don't like light. And it's just like, oh, well, the thing is done just in the nick of time. Here you go. Wait, one
0: more second. I have, Yeah, I have exactly you know, the right parts to build a light bomb.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, on the surface, it, it works well. It, it's part of the story. Fine. I'm not complaining but about it. Does it
2: like leave leave the MacGything stuff to him? Believes, I know his name's Tech, but... Some of the, you know, like uh, accessing systems and stuff should be left to Echo. You know what I mean? Like he's got yeah. the the spike, whatever we want to call it, his USB port.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, boys, I just,
2: I... I'm, I, I'm gonna step off the pod. I got a jet. To be honest, <laughs> I'm not gonna ghost you, Kyle. Warned me, but uh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm leaving. I, I'm done, guys. Sorry, I'm so tired right now.
0: oh uh, the skywalker og yeah
2: that's exactly it we started (laughs) late tonight it was late night i got a big week honestly it's because i got a big week this week like two people are out of the office and like my boss told me on friday afternoon like so you're gonna be replacing this person and i'm like seriously like
0: seriously anyway good luck with that Corey. good talking to you yeah it's gonna be hell you'll 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 be fine you'll be fine yeah Rick, it
2: was a pleasure. You're the best. Yeah, absolutely. I love you, man. Honestly, it was a it was a good time.
1: Until next time.
0: Yep. Have fun, boys. Cheers, bud. Peace. Yeah, there goes Chop Rules with the Z. Everybody. <laughs> we outlasted him. Oh, did you ever do this yeah. as a kid, Rick? When like you're a teenager and you're staying up late, later than you're allowed to, to watch TV, and you would just wait until like the channel stop programming for the day and then like the bar the color bars would come up or like it would just put up like the american flag and play the anthem in in canada would if you outlasted the cbc to like two or three in the morning it would just put up like the canadian flag and then just play the national anthem
1: (laughs) yeah there was a network here in chicago that um the last program that came on at like two or three in the morning was star trek voyager and then there'd be like three commercials one of them for usually like some kind of like 1 900, you know, lady calling uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, and then I think that was the last commercial at nine. It would just be like, uh, our broadcast do this and it'd be the end of it. But that's how there were plenty, a lot, lot of late nights, like especially in high school. It'd be like Star Trek Voyager, it's three in the morning, go to bed.
0: And up at seven.
1: Yeah. If I was lucky. You
0: know, I, I thought this. I thought you know, with, with uh, San Diego Comic Con being this weekend, and of course it was all virtual. But I thought this would have been the weekend to announce a, an extension of The Bad Batch.
1: Well, everybody I, I, stepped away from it. Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and no, there was there wasn't much of a presence. Yeah, um, there was. I the know High Republic DC panel, had some right? stuff, but yeah, I mean, there was the higher public thing. There was a Mandalorian or like a like a science fiction panel or like a I'm sorry, like a hard science panel. With Star Wars, I think that was today. Um, but there were no like big like trailer-type reveals for San Diego Comic-Con this year. I w- but aren't they doing another one in the fall?
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe.
1: Yeah, I thought there was something else that was planned for later on.
0: But they also have New York Comic-Con to contend with in the fall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Strange. I, uh, well, and it's, I guess it's partly also because all these... Companies now, like they all have their own con. Like DC's, mm-hmm. DC's doing Fandom, and uh, like Marvel c- gets attached to D twenty three. I don't know. I don't know what the future is for all these cons. I guess there's enough content yeah, there, to go around, but
1: yeah, there, there doesn't seem to be a need to to do. So, I mean, if, if you're doing it in person, sure, because it drives ticket sales to be you know in Hall H or whatever. But you know when the vast majority, because I, I think going forward, more people are going to say like, well, listen, you've done it this way in the past for us. Just keep this streaming thing open, you know, so that we can watch from wherever we are around the world.
0: Yeah. Strange. Anyway, I don't know why I thought this week was going to be the week where they announced that. I don't know. I just, I guess it's something that just got into my head and I didn't let it go and I should have. But yeah. uh, <clears throat> next, next week's episode is looking like it's going to get back on track and it's going to be an important one called... War mantle. That's going to be cool. Like, I think you say war mantle now to a to a modern day Star Wars fan, and you go right to that scene in Rogue One, with mm-hmm. with Jin and Cassian trying to get the uh, Death Star plans from that from the uh, the archives. And boy, oh boy! Yeah,
1: I'm wondering how involved that's going to be because the assumption is that that's the start of the stormtrooper program, at least you know that's kind of you know what I've been hearing about it and you know phasing out clones um yeah that's you know the kind of what we know the show the show seems to be going in the direction that there's going to be some kind of an uprising or a revolt or something amongst the clones i mean we saw it with episode 12 um with the way hauser stands up and a few of the clones you know side with him that they're capable of making that choice uh, for themselves and if that's something that's becomes more prevalent uh if word starts to get out get out that that's what happened you know rex mentioned that there were other clones who were either unaffected or maybe at this point have their chips removed so you know staging some kind of uh our backs are up against the wall in the last ditch effort to fight the the rebellion i'm sorry fight the empire and you know try to free the rest of their clone brothers from you know kind of the enslavement of the chip i mean we know it's not going to end well for them but you know that could be something that's a little bit, you know, the big climactic ending, I can't, I can't see this show, especially building. I mean, you can have the more intimate ending with whatever happens with crosshair in terms of the rest of the bad batch. Um, I, but I think it'll be against the, the backdrop of something much larger. And I don't even know if crosshair at this point is even out to just to kill them because of the end of episode 12, when he says permission to hunt them down, that's after he witnessed hauser make the choice Mm -hmm. and you know that could be the catalyst for him to say like you know if i maybe if i fight hard enough um or you know just to know that you know we used to be the ones that helped people we used to be you know we were soldiers but we were we believed what we were doing is right and i mean we know crosshair is at least cognizant of the fact that he does not have control when or up to a certain point he may, maybe he does now, but up to a point he did not have control over the orders that were given to him. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that, that, blast that he took on, uh, on, um on Baraka, you know, that could have done something to the chip that maybe that is his choice now is that, you know, I'm all in for the empire, but everything that we know of him that's been shown to us is that, you know, they cranked up the chip to 20 and, you know, good soldiers follow orders and that's what he's doing. And it's like, he asked for permission to go and find them. But I mean, I asked this question of, of Alex and Molly a few weeks ago of like, you know, I, I'm questioning his motives. Is he out to kill them or is he out to contact them?
0: Yeah. Like, you know, once, once he asked for permission to go after them, like last week I was, I was asking Corey and Carlos, like, is it cause he really wants to kill them or is it be, like, was he sneakily asking for permission to go find them so he can rejoin them?
1: It's, well, I mean, be if more think about it too. That, but yeah, but the the permission to go, it means that he's not in earshot of any orders unless somebody contacts him. You know, he's not going to have somebody there with him to say, you know, you found them, now kill them, and then good soldiers follow orders, and that's what he's got to do. You know, if he's, you know, may he found that loophole to be like, okay, I just have to get him to say, these are your orders, go find them. And that's, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I did th- I did what they told me to do. And then, again, if he's having this kind of questions of conscience, and which we've seen him, there is something going on in his head where he's aware of not having that choice. You know, maybe, I'm not saying that he's just going to go out and say, like, you have to help me. You're my brothers. But, you know, maybe there's something. I mean, Omega's obviously going to be the one to say, no, don't kill him. He does, He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, I told him before he, he's, he's forgiven in my eyes because we know that he doesn't, I told him he doesn't have a choice. He's, they're doing it against as well. It seems you like know? it's going to come and, down to
0: that moment, right? Where it's, he's, Crosshair is going to have to make a choice in a moment where he's got the good old, good soldiers follow orders thing. Plus that voice in the back of his head saying, this is wrong, but I can't really fight it. And he's going to have to fight it. feels like it's going to come down to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah
1: I he, he, he's, he's been my center for this show uh, for the longest, you know, and you know, he's just, to me, he's the most interesting character. Um, we're not getting him every episode, which on the one hand is okay. I would like to see more of what's going on with him and the actual formation of the empire and how they're branching out. Um, as opposed to kind of the adventure, I I don't Moochie can, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. I don't need that. Um, to me that, I mean, I, and I get it. You want to have, if you, you, if you don't have kind of the lighter stories, the lighter episodes, the harder ones don't hit as hard without them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to, on to that extent, I, I get having those there and I get thematically the things that they're telling us in those episodes. I just wish the skin of those episodes was a little bit different, but I, but aside, aside from that, I do want more. I do want to see more of what's happening with the empire. Cause it's nice to know that like from one episode to another, even even if there's a gap i mean you see there are there's more stormtroopers or their reach is different or they're on these different worlds um so you know you know it's just implied that you know are their reach is growing and they're in these all these different places but like there's that part of me that's like you know i want to see how and it sounds sadistic to say so but it's like i want to see the subjugation i want to see people suffering and i get it it's an animated show and there's kids watching so you don't want to show too much of that but you know there's that part of me that's like no, these are bad people and I don't need to see, you know, like a a planet wide genocide or anything, but like to know that that's what they're capable of at at this point and what, what kind of threat they are. And we know that they're a threat because they're the empire in star Wars and that's, this is who they are. But for anybody who's coming in, I mean, yeah, they'll know that the empires, they're the bad people. But to me, like, I, I don't feel the full weight of their threat just yet um, outside of what, crosshair is capable of because he's been the ruthless face of the empire so far Uh, and by you know and by proxy kind of rampart
0: yeah yeah and i I guess hopefully the start of that in earnest is next week like i i wonder if if this the rest of the season is is to the effect where tarkin hears about the mini clone uprising with hauser and says okay um there's the evidence i needed to shut down this clone program, but I don't—I don't just want to shut it down. I want it destroyed. And and you know he wants—he wants it just wiped away. So let's let's we're gonna get new a new division of of, of soldiers. We're gonna call them stormtroopers. They're gonna be regular people, and they're gonna be loyal to the Empire from the start. And then we're gonna to go to Kamino and take out the clones, and that's gonna be the thing that draws the Bad Batch. Back to Camino. Like you you could hear um what's her name? The not Lamasue, the other the other Kaminoan. Nalase. Isn't she dead?
1: No. No, uh Taunui's dead.
0: Oh is it? Is tonwe's dead?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Tanwi died on uh, Borovio.
0: I thought that was I thought that was Nalase.
1: No. That was Tonui. Tanwi remember Nalase asked um or told um God, they got such stupid names. She she tells the other one, "Well, well, I'll, I'll go and deliver the thing." And uh, what's his ass says, uh, "No, don't do that. I'll send Tan instead. Like you're too close to it, uh, so you can't go." And Tan Wei goes, and then they find uh, Tan body.
0: I thought it was the opposite. I thought it was Tan Wei wanted to go deliver the news, and he said, "No, you're too close. You're compromised," and he sent Nala Se.
1: No, I think it's the other way around because there were the jokes that it was with the you know, baby Bulba from Attack of the Clone saying "Dad, Wee's dead." dead. <laughs> <laughs> those, those memes, those memes are yeah, probably around, yeah, you're so. right.
0: So, All right, yeah. so Wee's dead. Uh, someone's gonna, someone's gonna call, reach out to Omega and say, or somehow the word's gonna get back to Bad Batch, and I, I, I assume it's through Omega, that Camino in trouble, and it's time to come back. You got to come back and help. And then we, this you know, is I, where we see the clash between Crosshair and the, and the Bad Batch and the clones and the Stormtroopers, and it all just goes to hell in a handbasket.
1: This is going to sound really dumb and kind of basic, but like, do you think Stormtroopers are named Stormtroopers because their first real battle was on Kamino, where it's constantly storming?
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Corey left the show.
1: <laughs> He's here in spirit.
0: I guess he is. Yeah, I can still see his vapors kind of floating around here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made their way all the way down to Chicago.
0: Oh boy. Uh, Star Wars has done sillier things.
1: I, it's, it's, I was like, why, why are they called stormtroopers? Because well, I mean, as, as of right now, they're just elite troopers, correct? The ones in black, and the rest of them are just clones.
0: They're all still clones, yeah. Except for the yeah, except for the uh, the ones that report to Crosshair. And it's going to be, it'll be weird to see because like Star Wars moves at the speed it needs to move at where, you know, just as quickly as a, as a clone army just popped out of nowhere and everybody was cool with it. I'm sure they're going to have like millions of stormtroopers, like just like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Tarkin has already, you know, created an army somewhere and is ready to call it right into service against, against just, the I clones picture- of Camino.
1: I picture Tarkin like in his office with like modeling clay and he's like super concentrating and his like tongue is sticking out and he's like molding the first stormtrooper helmet to go into production and he's like super proud of it and he's like this is what I did and the emperor's <laughs> like a a plus <laughs> I think that's exactly how it goes.
0: Arts and crafts that's- approved <laughs> Your art classes have paid off.
1: <laughs> Worse for me, that's my head cannon.
0: Oh jeez, like was Palpatine walking around in a smock, handing out <laughs> little paintbrushes <laughs> to all the kids.
1: They have a little like ghost moment where they're molding uh, oh, the clay. Oh god.
0: <laughs> Force Coast Bane comes out and helps uh, Palpatine model up some oh, some geez. pottery.
1: Um, All right, we, Corey, Corey was right to leave.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh god. All right. Well, um, you know what? Maybe we'll just follow him out the door here, because uh, I think we've beaten this episode up enough. Uh, you guys out there, if you're listening, you can uh, tell us how we're wrong. Tell us why this episode was indeed amazing, and worthy of being slotted into the 13th episode of a 16 episode season, where things are starting to heat up, but then got doused a little bit with this episode um okay rick man thank you so much for jumping in last minute buddy
1: yeah no sweat um you know it's just a matter of timing and we've been talking about this for a little while coming on and we couldn't get the scheduling right but uh, i'm very happy to fill in uh this week
0: anytime you want to jump in you are more than welcome to hop on and, and talk about all things star wars with us we got to get you on with uh with nathan and marie and we got to talk about uh, new the high republic and all the other stuff that's been happening with the books
1: the smart stuff
0: the smart learning stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we got we to gotta do that real soon. <laughs> um, cool. All right. So um, if you guys want to catch up with us, you can find us, including Rick, who is the stir the straw, the, the what is it? You're the stir, the star, straw, the stick. I don't know. You're the, you're the thing that stirs <laughs> the drink in the Tumbling Saber Facebook group, which we invite you all to come and join. And if you want to be part of the podcast, uh, you can send your emails to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. We'll get that into an upcoming episode of the podcast. Uh, but until then, Rick, uh, where can people find you between shows other than the uh, the great and wonderful Facebook group?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cad Bane's Bounty, where I'm just having a lot of fun posting, typing out all the dumb things that I would normally say in a podcast. Um, and speaking of podcasts, um, you guys, you can go back and listen to uh, some of the older episodes of Jam Transmissions. You can find the website at JamTransmissions.com, um, The Twitter handle for the show is at JT link. Um, Things are brewing. There will be some changes for the show. So just stay tuned with all of that. Um, you can also find me doing Patreon shows for children of the watch. Um, and it's patreon.com forward slash the Mandalorian watch. I know it's a day at a name change. Um, $2 a month, get you access to that stuff. And we've been doing reviews for some of the higher public um Content that's becoming out, the books and the comics. And uh, every once in a while, you'll find me on a Children Will Watch live stream on YouTube. Um, so just stay tuned and you can follow them at C O T Watch.
0: Very cool. Uh, I am at Tumbling Saber on Twitter where I'm posting a lot less frequently these days, but you know, it's summer. And damn it, if I want to take a summer to not tweet, I will do so. Uh, but that's all for this week, everybody. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us again this week. Until next, guy, next time, everybody, stay safe, and may the Force be with you.
1: Always.
3: Sitting here for hours, looking at that shell. Pages getting wider, like a mirror to myself. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see.
0: time did we do better this time
1: i don't know, maybe mm-hmm. i being mean, i was here so yeah